Welcome to Positively England. I'm Saunders CB and this podcast series where each episode lasts 21 minutes is part of the FA's 21 Days of Positivity campaign. The campaign is about making sure that grassroots football is always a positive environment. But why 21 days? It's because it takes 21 days to form a habit and we want to fill that important time with all things positive. It's all about promoting mutual respect on and off the pitch and is supported by Nationwide Building Society. So, together with some great co-hosts, we joined a training session at St George's Park to talk positivity with stars from our own England women's and men's teams. With me is the brilliant Karen Carney, and this one is very, very exciting because we're joined by a player who starred for her country in every age group from under-15s right up into the senior side. It's none other than Leah Williamson. Now, I absolutely loved this chat. Leah is such a vibrant character and she opened up about a variety of things, including how the days of rough mixed football in her youth motivated her, the joy of playing for her beloved childhood club Arsenal and the heavy burden of being the Lionesses' unofficial DJ. Made my debut season for Arsenal, everything was great. Got injured the next season and I was out all for about two seasons worth. Everything I do, every choice that I make on a day-to-day basis is with football in mind. There's more, probably, before a game, I'm more nervous about doing the match day playlist. Yeah. <laughs> so we're here at St George's Park. Um, tell us about how things are going. Being part of the England setup, it's a good thing. It's, it means something's gone right, that's what I say anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like you can kind of gauge your progress when you get selected for a camp or it's like a little bit of feedback, I suppose, along the way. Sure, yeah. Especially when you miss out, like this year, obviously, the postponement of the Olympics, stuff like that. You, your whole life is structured in football and as soon as things start to disappear like that, you're sort of like, oh, where am I at? So to keep getting called up for camp, that's all that you can ask for. Because and... you've been part of the England setup. Like going back to what, under 15s was it? Yeah, yeah, since like 12, 13, so. So when, when you got the senior team call up, is it just sort of like, oh, it's just the next step? Or does it have the sort of gravitas that comes with it? No, yeah. it's different. It's definitely different. Me and Kira Walsh, we came through the age groups, like had our first camp together. Or I think she was involved a little bit before me and then got called up to the first senior camp. So when you, you get the email, obviously you're like, that's incredible. The first thing both of us did was check for each other's name. And then I rang her before I rang my mum. Just because then somebody gets it, like you say, it is just like the next thing on the list that you mm. want to achieve. But to actually get the call up is, yeah, it's like when you're younger and people ask you what you want to do, you want to play for England and you're like, that's actually happening now. So yeah, it's not a bad moment. I think I remember it. <laughs> I love that camaraderie that the first thing you did was look to see if like yeah. your mates essentially have joined you. Yeah. Like, how, how important is that going through to have that, that kind of structure around you of friends? And- oh, without a shadow of a doubt, you're a better team for having experience, like knowing each other off of it and having those experiences, I think to share with them people going all the way through, then the connection that me and Kira have will always be stronger because of the relationship we have off the pitch. So I think when you, yeah, you find somebody that you connect with like that and you only see them once every every now and again at a camp, without her here, it would be weirder than anything else, I think. So. Well, this chat that Kaz and I are having with some of the players is all about positivity. We're talking about how that influences yourself, how that influences you coming through the ranks and, and developing as a player and as a person. So to do that, we need to go back, blast from the past. When did it all start for you? And I'm not talking about first major signing to a club. When did football start for you? I used to do gymnastics when I was younger. Um, I didn't walk properly when I was younger, so I went to gymnastics to sort my feet out. and. <laughs> They used to play football at the end of the session and 
you can imagine like there was like two boys in the club but mostly girls our coach was a massive man united fan so he used to love it and i was arsenal so he always used to like battle against me anyway but as soon as you find something that you enjoy that much in football and you're actually quite good at it and all of a sudden when you're kicking it you're a bit better than everybody else and you're thinking this is for me, this. And I was about six, so I asked my mum to join a team. She sort of was like, are you sure? Because she'd played football, she knew, sort of knew what was to come in terms of the negative sides of it. But yeah, she got me into a team and that was it. Never looked back. Um, and yeah, within a couple of years I'd left gymnastics, but I don't really <laughs> think I was ever suited to that anyway. <laughs> Not pretty enough for that. So going through from that to, let's say, the first proper team, how was it for you then in your way that you looked at the game? Yeah, so I, th I think for me, my mum always kept me really level-headed and this is a hobby. She called it a hobby even when I'd made it into like my Arsenal senior team. Until it's paying your bills, it's not your be-all and end-all kind of thing. So she always said that. My dad was great for me growing up because when I'd play things down, he'd say to me, by the time you get there and you're of age to play senior football, it'll be a wage, which obviously when I started playing football it wasn't. So for him to have that belief, you know, just like don't give up because one day this will be your career was nice because it was just like a background voice that would never let me stop but then at the same time I always just played it down just to be like because it wasn't it women's football wasn't a, a sure thing and then obviously as you've come through you must have learned a ton of lessons in different experiences is there any standout moments for you that really shaped you as a person and a player I think the obvious one is like injuries I'd had a great youth career at England. I'd always been, you know, picked for the camp, moved on to the next one. It's like you're just ticking boxes. Made my debut season for Arsenal. Everything was great. There was injuries, so I walked straight into the team and was, you know, involved and then got injured the next season and I was out for, altogether, I was out for about two seasons worth. And I suppose for me, that was the biggest, like, I'd never really had that before and I'd never really, I'd never really been on the bench, let alone like not involved at all so for me that was probably my biggest learning of just never to take it for granted and sort of changes your perspective you get a bit caught up in yourself and Arsenal Football Club the legends that have played for that football club before me and I've just turned up at the right time where everybody like had either moved on or retired there was injuries and I walked straight into the team like that's not normal and that wouldn't have happened if people were fit or I'd have give it a good go but I don't think I was quite at that level so to then get injured everything's taken away and it's like like you thought you was in the clear kind of thing you, you know it's almost like I got too carried away with it so it was nice just to bring me back down to earth and appreciate it so that now every year I've played since I've been injured you know just don't take anything for granted. What sort of methods did you use at the time to keep believing in yourself that you do deserve to be there and you know that you, there is another side of the injury and you'll be playing again like what sort of methods did you have? I just think it's the same thing it's not really an option to stop there's always somebody in a worse position than you and you're reminded of that you're in elite sport there's highs and lows all the time and I used to look at the girls that weren't playing and how hard it is to be on a bench and not be selected when you're fit and you're able to then be like once I'm fit hopefully I can you know get myself back into that team so I, I don't know I just think it's never really been an option for me to stop and even if you feel like you're at your worst like well you can only go up from there kind of thing sure um, I just think it's all about your mindset really and what you prioritize and what means a lot to you and if playing football means a lot to you then why would you not want to do everything you can to get back quicker you know sure did you have similar experience like with, with perspective and injuries? It's a tough one coming back from injuries, isn't it? You've got to get yourself right and then there's a lot of people that doubt you as well and then you've got to get back in the team. So it is, it's quite challenging, but I just think you surround yourself with really good people and they get you through it. it it's like anything, again, an injury might 
be common in football, but it's also part and parcel of life outside of football as well. Everyone has trauma or traumatic times and you just got to dig deep and rally. And I think people around you really, really are helpful. And I think that's how, how I got through it in terms of injuries and, and stuff like that, really. Let's say in women's football gets more judgment, a little bit more of critique online, doesn't it? Especially within the public eye. Being a professional footballer has already got enough challenges, you know. You've already got to keep up there with competition, keep yourself fit. Does that add another level or is that something you kind of try to put to the back of your mind, just focus on playing? To me, I feel like, and I've come in at a different time to, to Kaz, as in you guys did all the groundwork basically and took the biggest hit that there would have been. And I've walked into a professional league at a professional club. Sure. You know, I'm respected more than we ever have been as women footballers. I look at it as, yes, there's critique and people will say what they will say online and whatever. And I've, obviously, I wouldn't say I'm the star of the show, so I'd, I wouldn't say that if people didn't know much about football, because I feel like they're the ones that, people don't know much about women's football, they're the ones that do offer those opinions. Mm -hmm. They might not even know who I am, so I've maybe come out sort of unscathed so far from that kind of thing. So on a personal level, I, I suppose my opinion would change, but I just look at it as, for as much as that increases, so does the good stuff for us. Okay. And, and for the more they're saying this and that and offering their awful opinions, I'm like, <laughs> well, I've just been made a professional footballer at my club and I live a professional footballer's lifestyle, you know, and I'm, I'm offered the chance to be as good as I can be. So it's, I like I say, if you have personal experiences, those you're going to think differently of those sorts of things. To me, I'm like, if people are bothered about it, that means that we're doing something right because absolutely. it means that we're in people's faces when they don't want us to be and that's exactly <laughs> where we need to go. For sure. I absolutely love that. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the individual I guess, mindset of playing football. The idea of coming over, going beyond and uh, getting over losses, getting over it. We've talked about injuries, but is there a particular mindset that you have and your approach to how you look at football to keep yourself not just grounded, but also going in the right direction? Yeah, football's very important to me. And there are players where you can see that football is their life. And I don't want to play that down because it is my life. And everything I do, every choice that I make on a day-to-day -day basis is with football in mind and wanting to be better and wanting to get to the top but it's not the most important thing in my life and my family come first and foremost over everything and I think I know how fortunate I am. I play for a club that's 45 minutes away from my, my home. My family is still there. When I see the girls, even in the times that we're in now, some of the girls haven't seen their family for 10 months. Mm. Why would you not be caught up in football? Why would you not be consumed by football? Because it's all you have to focus on. And I suppose my family have always provided me with that out. My education, I've always made sure I've been doing something else just so that if I go out there and have a bad training session tomorrow, I can go back to my room, just put my head in a book and mm -hmm. sort of do it that way. And for some people, that would be films or... Yeah, mine wouldn't be a book. Yeah. Leah's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like reading about accountancy and I'm like, watch, I'm reading The Simpsons or something. Yeah. Really, totally on a different level. Yeah, you know, as long as you just have something to, to balance it out, I think sure. that's really important. That for me is the biggest secret to, if I lose a game at the weekend, of course I'm annoyed about it. And if my teammates weren't annoyed, then, then we'd have conflict anyway. But in the grand scheme of life, I go home, my family's healthy, I'm healthy. Who, who beyond football will still be there, you know? I never want to sound like a, football isn't everything to me, because it is, and I'm as devoted to it as anybody else, but when it comes to perspective, and like you say, when the hard times come, for me, it's not everything, so I haven't lost everything all at once. It's just a, a part of my life that's taken a bit of a hit. I think I know what you mean, it's like, for me, it's when I had probably lower moments, it was probably, I'd, my football was my only thing and I was solely identified to me and from okay. other people about the footballer, 
you know, where I lived, I was called the footballer and not Karen as a person, which was, was a bit soul destroying at times. And I think what Leah's trying to say is that football is a primary focus and it was for mine, for me as well. But as you get older, you kind of have more strings to your bow that if you have a bad day at training, it's not the end of the world. If you have a bad loss, it literally is not the end of the world. And, and sometimes that's a negative on your mental health. So if you have other identities, as well so whether it be your dual career or your family your friends I think that really really helps because you can't win every game you can't be picked in every match because that's a choice from a manager or a mm -hmm. coach you can only control what you can control so if you're solely basing your, your life on that it can be quite challenging at times so I think Leah's really really smart to have those other strings to a bow and I think I think that's why a lot of people like the women's game people like Leah that have that mindset it's not she doesn't want to be the best football that she can be because you see that daily how she trains and plays but it is important to have other aspects of your life so I can definitely relate to you on that. I think it's more powerful as well when you do it's certainly when people have said that they're relating to me like from a fan's perspective mm. I, I care because I, ch I choose to care I don't care because it's the only thing I have you know it's not I have to go to training because I don't have anything else I I'm choosing to be there so when I when you do care about a loss it's because it's it's affected me actually from the heart because mm. I've chosen to go out and spend my time there um you know so it's like and you know what it's like when you get when you get into a spiral of football and you're just doing it and you just like automated then those reactions sort of they're not as genuine anymore because you're you're sort of angry for the wrong reasons do you think that's why you've got such a positive mindset though because you've got so many of the things that like, if you use it as like a bank analogy, you've always got your bank filled because if something does go wrong, you've still got another top up in other areas, if that makes oh, sense. 100%, like even, I mean, this is sort of silly, but growing up with England camps, because my mum's always said to me like, you have played for England and yeah. I am playing for England, but you don't play for England, like you play for Arsenal, but you don't play for England. It's a, it's a past thing or present. Mm. So she's always said to me, like, whenever there was a camp coming up or you'd, you'd know the schedule, she'd always book something, even if it was something like go to the safari park when I was younger or whatever, where if I didn't get selected, that was, that was not great, but I had something else to focus on. So then if something's not going well, well, I'm going to go and live somewhere else. I'm, you know, I'm going to live my life to the yeah. fullest here instead. So I definitely think that's helped me out along the way. That's funny as well, because I say on like your Twitter or your Instagram, I never ever put... I played for England. Yeah. Like when I played, because I agree with Leah, is that like you only borrow the jersey and then once you leave, like you don't know whether you get it again. So how can you say that you you play for England? Yeah. Because you don't know. You play when you're here and then when you leave, you don't know. Whereas don't know when you're at your club, Arsenal or Chelsea or whoever, you contracted you there for that period of time. So I think you're like the only person yeah, that's I've ever really said that. that and yeah. I never ever had it on any of my bios or anything like that because. I didn't know whether I was going to play for England again. It, you literally borrow that jersey and you try and borrow it for as long as you can, but it's never yours. So I don't think I've heard another player really say it the same as you. That's definitely come from like my mum's, like, just to remind you, like you say, it's uh, you're borrowing it, which is such a good way of putting it. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that there's that kind of honour that comes with it, you know, like the idea that it's oh, not 100%. yours. At the same time, is there also pressure, knowing that obviously because you want to be wearing it again, does that come with pressure to make sure you're getting noticed and getting picked? I think so. I think it's like, that's what I mean, you, you put so much pressure on yourself anyway, because obviously, that's what I mean, my whole life is structured around my footballing career, so for the next year, my whole life will be built around whether or not I get selected for an Olympic Games, and 
I think that comes with pressure in itself, but if you look at it like it's a privilege, mm. it's, it's an add-on. I would never say it was my job to play for England, you know, it's an extra, like, you know, we'd all do it for free, in which we all do do it technically for, because why would you? Yeah. Why would you ever turn down the opportunity to play for England? Do you know that that's the kind of mentality that goes with it? I think now I've retired, I know that it was definitely not a job. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's, there's a lot of really great points and like in anything in life, there are some, some negatives being away from home and travelling and stuff like that. But it's never a job and I know that now from retiring and like actually having to have jobs and yeah. to do things and I'm like, oh man. This man, is not work. This was, that was not work at all. It was just like, time's very, very challenging and I think the biggest challenge is the mental battle of it. I think for me that's, that's the hardest battle and constantly when you're playing at the highest level it's like, Leah, how do you stay at the top constantly? And, and I think it's easy to get there, but the challenge is when you're constantly looking at your back shoulder, people coming up behind mm. you and constantly like, but now I think it really is not a job. <laughs> it was never a job, so just keep I milking it. That. Keep milking <laughs> it and enjoy it, because trust me, don't come to the dark side, it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible, you got to work. You're like, nah, forget this. <laughs> yeah. So with that in mind, what you were just saying then about constantly looking over your shoulder, knowing yeah. that there's this whole new intake of people, of yeah. players coming up, how does that affect your mindset? Is it just constant belief in yourself or is it going back to the perspective that you, you both said you drew upon? I think, so like I said, for me, the, the, the funniest part of my career is constantly when no one knows who you are and you're making your way up, you're an unknown name, everything's the first time, your first call up, your first camp, your first goal. And then once you get to a certain level then and people know your number, know your name, know who you are, know all your tricks and your trades of the game. And it's just constantly people like, Players will want you, obviously, your jersey because you borrow it. Coaches are thinking, can I get someone better? Are they at that levels? Can I improve them? And that's where the demand then doesn't start. Once you're at a certain level, that for me is the hardest part. It's that next stage and it's literally staying mentally in it going, I know what I'm good at. It doesn't matter if anyone else is coming to borrow that jersey. I'm still going to keep it. I'm going to try my best. I've got to try and have fun along the way, which is challenging. But like I said to you earlier, I was saying that if I had the same mentality as I did when I first started out, as in having the enjoyment and being at grassroots level and playing like I wish I had that in my whole career because mm. although those things would have still been there people trying to take your jersey and coaches and media and people trying to shut you down I think I still would have gone to another level if I just literally played like I did as a kid and I think I did in my last year really I was pretty much the World Cup I just was like took it very serious time, basically but I was like if Phil tells me off I'm gonna smile if I'm like do it I'm just gonna laugh because and that brought the best out of me at times, even though it was hard because I didn't play and I knew I was retiring. I just think if I'd had that, such that smile like I did as a 17-year-old throughout my whole career, I would have enjoyed it so much more. And that, for me, is a perfect place to end. It's been great to chat. We need to get Leah to do a playlist. Leah's the queen of playlists you're and music, are you? style am, and everything. That's a big part for me as well. In DJ. Football. Yeah. Leah's, Leah's got decks and <laughs> really? everything. Yeah. I'm getting to grips with him. I'm getting to grips with him. She was really good. I only had him for about a year. But I'm still still learning what the buttons mean. Is that big in the in the dressing room having like that good music coming out? The music is important. The music. I, there's a lot of there's more probably before a game. I'm more nervous about doing the match day playlist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no way. I hit the right order. To be fair to Leah, she knows her audience very very well. She she would get a good array of genres on to please everyone because she's right. It's the, it's what gears you up for a game. And if you see anybody just put the headphones on, it's like. It's a personal... That's, yeah, right. <laughs>
God, am I that bad? <laughs> I love that. So what we're talking about, is it mostly modern stuff? We're talking a mix no, of old? No, literally everything. Just if, you know, if something happens during the day, or like if we hear a song and everybody's singing, then I'm like, right, it's got to be in the playlist. But you've got to think, you've got like somebody that comes in, like we've got girls up in our team now that have never like heard Westlife and... What? <laughs> you need what? to educate them. I oh, know, honestly, I'm working on it. But you know, like things like that, I'm like, yeah. they don't get it. But then you put on a classic for like the older generation. Why does she look at me? <laughs> And they all go mental. <laughs> I like the Venga boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you just won a game. Yeah. What's that first song? What do you want to hear? You want to sing along. You want like Spice Girls or yeah. Westlife or whatever. Just to, everybody wants to be together. And I love how now Leah's starting to be one of the older players. That there's people younger and more cooler <laughs> potentially than Leah. I love 100%. that. Because I used to, I sit in the corner in the dressing room and be like, oh man, they're so cool. They're like so hip-hop and happening and I'm really not <laughs> even though I said that and then like now she's starting to feel it there'll be a moment in the dressing room where you sit there and go that I'm kid's got cool. better trainers than me <laughs> better music than me and they're cool well, it's a long time off thanks for joining us everyone I hope you all enjoyed listening to Leah as much as we enjoyed talking to her in the next Positively England we'll be speaking with Harry Winks to keep our 21 days of positivity going see you then <laughs>